This is the Fit Fun Father podcast with your host, Michael Sobkew. In the podcast, we dive deep into health, fitness, and the ultimate goal to be the happiest person you can be. Growing through adverse, challenging times to prosper through and take the learnings of the challenges we faced before and after and throughout our lives. People, this is an exciting podcast with a multitude of fantastic guests, topics, how-tos, everything you need to help improve your life one step at a time. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Michael Sobke with the Fit Fun Father Podcast. How are you all today? I hope you're having a wonderful day. Before I introduce my guest, I would love for you guys to go over to the show notes, or sorry, the bottom of the, uh, yeah, bottom of the show notes of whatever podcast that um, platform you're on. If you're on iTunes, give me a big old five-star rating. Go down there, fill those stars, write a review, tell me what you think of the show, good, bad, improvements, suggestions, just a hey, a thumbs up, heart emoji, whatever it may be. Uh, that goes a long way and I really appreciate it. One other thing you can do, take a snapshot of the episode, tag me on it. Where, what episode are you listening to? Maybe it's this one. Maybe it's a previous one. Give me a, give me a shout out. Let me know what you think. And, um, I'll definitely, definitely get back to you and give you uh, a message back. That would be fantastic because your support means the world to me. Today on the show, we have Mr. Brad Cote, personal trainer, physiotherapist, who is now helping health practitioners scale their business, improve their systems, automate their systems, get them to be more functional in their um, business, in the business aspect so they can provide more service for other clients. This is, this to me was a really informative, valuable uh, podcast. Brad and I sit down we discuss a lot of things regarding new business, um, and I really dive into kind of some of the things that I should be doing as somebody starting out in the industry, um, looking to improve other people's lives, and some of the ideal ways to do that. So if you're in the industry, you are interested in the business side of things, want to learn more, this episode is uh, where you want to be. And Brad is a wealth of knowledge and he knows how to get people to where um, where they need to be with their businesses. So get into it, listen to it, love it. Um, you can catch Brad in a um, couple web, a uh, couple links, I should say, at the bottom of the show notes, his web page, uh, his Facebook page. I'll put that stuff in there, and then you guys can go down, click on his stuff, go over to his website. Check it out. Um, you will not be disappointed, I promise. So without further ado, here is Mr. Brad Cote. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Excellent. Yourself? Good, good. Hey, so I want to kind of get going. Uh, before we dive into kind of the business side, and, and I know you've, you've developed some, um, some businesses. You're helping a lot of people um, in that space. But I kind of want to dive first and foremost into kind of where you got started. So personal trainer, therapist, um, first of all, let's go back to like the beginning. Like what got you into that space? Kind of what drives you in that space? And then we'll kind of lead into where you are today. Sure. So um, originally, I, I actually was, was determined to kind of be into business. And I've always been a bit more entrepreneurial from the beginning. I remember, um, you know, selling uh, going to the corner store and buying candies and selling them to kids when I was like in grade three and four and stuff like that. And, and I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. So um, originally, like uh, I went to school, I did business management, uh, got a diploma there and um, from uh, Fanshawe in, in London, Ontario. And uh, I had a liquidation based business and kind of understood over time that I wasn't really as passionate about it. There was a couple of complications that I didn't quite um, you know, know how to get around and so on. So at one point, I ended up selling my portion of the business and then going back to school. 
And um, one thing I was passionate about was fitness and health. So I've always been active. I've always liked to the gym. I like the the you know kind of understanding the program design, the the mechanics, and and how to really optimize your body and you know how you can help people back from injuries and so on. So I ended up going um, back to school for that, do exercise science and human bio. Um, my goal at that time was to become a physiotherapist. Um, so back then it was a, it was like a master's, not like a master's now you've got a post-grad. So you do four years and then you go back, um, and, and finish the physio. So during that time period, I had the summer where I worked for about six, seven months at a physio clinic. And I started to realize, wow, you know, a lot of people aren't getting better. You know, you're seeing tons of, tons of patients. Um, you know, I don't really have control over actually spending time with them. I'm really just printing them with, you know, a couple sheets of paper and putting ice on it, stretching or whatever. So I, I quickly started to realize, you know, I really don't want to do business like this. Um, so what my options kind of were, where I sort of started to look at, well, what can I do? And um, what I realized was I could get into training. I could help people with exercise prescription um, and so on. And if I ended up getting my um, soft tissue license, like being a massage therapist, which was the the easier path to go through at the time, I was able to actually treat people and train people. So that's the, the path that I really went down. Um, this was probably around 2000 and 2009 or 2008 or something along those lines. Um, so went down that route, did every course possible, you know, fascial stretch therapy. I taught for them for a period of time, um, the Charles Poliquin strength coaching, everything, just try to get as much information as possible, as many tools so I could get the best results for my clients. And after, after a while, I, you know, I got busy and really started to realize that, um, you know, it was less about the education and how much, you know, and how more about how well you can have softer skills, like how well can you attract the right types of clients? And, you know, why do some clients get better results? Why are some clients more, you know, com compliant? So I actually started to look at my business. And even though people would say, um, this is coming back from the, the corporate gym days. Wow, you're, you know, you're winning all these awards you've gotten, and you're one of the top in the company and you, you're training all these people. And I'm thinking, you know, but I'm, I, I hate half the, half the clients that I'm working with. They're not getting as good a result. So I started to really look deeper and saying, well, what's going on? I'm taking all these courses. I'm not really getting the progress that I'm looking for. So um, what's going on? So I started to look into the business aspect and started to learn a little bit more about marketing, a little bit more about sales um, you know, retaining clients and, and attracting the right people and so on. Um, so over time I started to incorporate those concepts, um, which essentially led me to, um, kind of removing myself a bit more from the business and almost triaging new clients or patients as they came in and giving them to my team. After I did that for a period of time, I ended up uh, opening a gym clinic and having other clinics, um, where I started to really manage the day-to-day -day business and, and focus on the vision, the, the growth and the scale and management of the team and, and kind of that stuff as opposed to the, the training. Um, so that's a kind of a, a brief, as, as brief as possible to uh, give you a summary of, you know, where I came from and, and where, where I am now today. And, and now today I work a lot with health, um, healthcare business owners on optimizing their business so that, you know, together we can make the biggest impact uh, to their clients that are, to their patients and so on. Awesome. So in your opinion, cause this is really interesting. Cause I think I'm at a, I think the timing is perfect here for someone like myself who, uh, you know, I spent 20 years in the construction industry. Uh, I hated it and I just, and, you know, fitness was always a big passion of mine. And I literally made the decision overnight to scrap all of it and start over. And hence, uh, you know, I'm in school, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, programming and all these things. And it's, and it's a daunting, scary thing to think that I'm going to have clients and people that are going to look up to me to, to kind of get them in shape, uh, diving into the podcast, the nutritional end of it. And I, and I, th I see, I have a vision of where I want to go, but I mean, the waters are a little rough. Like, would you recommend that maybe, you know, someone like myself or some the listeners that are in that space, maybe just, go into that gym environment and try that? I mean, ultimately I want to do my own business, but you know, where do I start? Like what are some of the maybe pieces of advice you would give someone like myself to, to really push sure. that? Yeah. I think a, a big thing, um, whether you're going into training or you're, you know, a new therapist starting out 
is there's a couple key things that you can do to help position yourself and put yourself into a better, um, a better position to have leverage. And um, working in the corporate-based environment, it can be a rough, it can be very rough. And um, if you aren't sort of resilient or have um, you know, some of those softer skills or some business-based um, skill sets, it, it unfortunately burns a lot of people out. And, and I think it's gotten, a, it's better. You know, I haven't really been involved in that for a while, but back in the day, it was pretty much eat what you kill. Everyone's fighting against each other. It's a terrible culture because everyone's trying to get cl the same clients and it's, it's just not really, you know, the most optimal. I think it's, you know, maybe shifted a bit now. Um, you know, people can kind of speak to that. Um, but I think the, the real big thing is your first year is really about surviving and it's about just figuring out, like getting some clients and, and figuring out the process about um, what it really like, what it's really like to actually work with people. Because there's a lot of theory that you get taught in school, especially for being into therapy, you know, two to four years plus, and you're actually not even really dealing with people other than some basic clinical, clinical hours. But when you actually start working with people, you see, okay, well, you know, I learned how to teach a squat, but this person can't squat because they got messed up knees or whatever it is. So a lot of it is really just, um, you know, interacting with people and, and starting to, to think through systematically about, you know, how do I get better results? Because what you'll find is, you know, there's a lot of theory, but the application is kind of different, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Because I think, uh, you know, a lot of, I look at this and I, and I know, you know, we want to kind of target a demographic or, or get into that niche or, or speak to that, that one person we want to help. And I, and I sometimes get off track with that because, I mean, ultimately, I want to help everybody. The, the reason I'm doing this and the reason I've, you know, we started the podcast and, and get into this space is, is everybody that comes to me, I, I want to take them all in. And I know that that's impossible to do or, or I'm going to get that burnout. How do, I, how do I find that, like, perfect niche or that, that, that targeted area that I should be focusing on? Yeah, and... I think that that's a huge, that's a huge key. And that's one of the first things that I, I work with people on is um, when you're first starting out, sometimes you don't really know exactly who it is that you want. And people unfortunately just make the assumption they, you know, when I ask them, well, who's your ideal client? And they'll say, you know, whoever has the most amount of money, <laughs> and it's, well, you know, having the ability to afford your services is one thing, but you also want to look at, you know, who are you most passionate and skilled with being able to help? So, you know, if you really love pro athletes because they got tons of money and you love being in sports, do you possess the skills to be able to um, work with someone at that high level? You know, I've been fortunate enough to work at, at an NFL and NHL based level. And I can tell you that the intricacies and details are significantly more um, complex and they matter more. So I often say to people, um, and this might be beneficial, I'll send you so you can share it with your um, your audience as well as I'll send you like a sheet that I use and, and kind of a module that will help people um, identify it's, it's for perfect patients, but it's, it's really the same kind of concept. Um, and it'll give you some insight in terms of how do you walk through and actually go through that process. But one is really, you know, who are you passionate and skilled with dealing with um, who can afford your services, but also thinking about what problem can you solve for someone and what is that really worth? Right. So there's a lot of trainers, um, you know, saying, well, I can help you lose fat, but it's going to be more impactful if you can say, you know, I help a specific population. So let's say, you know, in my business, we help men and women who are active over 40, um, lose 30 pounds over the next 90 days without fad diets, endless cardio and rest uh, restrictive dieting. Um, really getting detail based. So yeah. What I'm doing is we understand the niches of what some of their goals are, but also what their fears are. And a lot of the time, busy executives who are active, they don't have time to do, you know, crazy workouts for 30 hours a day and endless cardio. You know, they don't have time to be able to do restrictive diets and feel like shit all day because they got business meetings and so on. So we've got to be able to design a program that, that can um, be specific for that type of population. So if you're able to position yourself in that regard um, and, and find the place, uh, if you're in a corporate environment, is there a facility that has those types of clients that are there to begin with? Um, you're going to put yourself in a much better position to differentiate 
and also what I call building preeminence amongst that audience itself. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Because I, you know, and I always, I always use this analogy too. Like if, and, and I put this out there, if the people, you know, because I'm always targeting, you know, the demographic, cause I'm a, a single father, I've got a 17 year old son and um, you know, I'm, I'm turning 42 next week. So I'm, I've, I've been overweight and I understand what it, it, it takes to get from, from that to this. But what I learned and what was like the game changer in the personal fitness or personal training space, I should say, is the things we learn, like postural assessments and, and correcting or straightening before strengthening and going through mobility stuff. I'm going through this programming thinking like the average person would have to spend years with me to kind of get them into a right position. Like it's I'm so lost in kind of like what my impression or in what I thought a personal trainer was doing and the actual science behind tr- like getting somebody into really good shape. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I, um, I'm just really confused as to kind of where I want to go and where I want to start now, knowing myself, uh, I don't want to work 12 hours a day. I don't, I don't, I've, you know, I'm at that point in my life where, you know, I want to work, uh, I would rather, you know, have high ticket clients, and work from 6am till noon and call it a day type thing. So let's kind of guide, dive into, into the business and what you're, you're currently doing and, and how you got into that. And then we'll kind of see if we can tie the two together in, in something that, that I could be doing here shortly. Sure. And, and I think you touched on a big point. It's like when you're in, when you're starting out and if you're in that corporate environment, um, it, it's diff, it can be difficult because you've got, um, not a lot of experience, not a lot of credibility behind you. And obviously it just takes time. So, I mean, you know, you, you, you kind of are in that uh, world where you've got to build some of that um, experience to be able to get those specific results. Um, so, you know, it takes time, but it's also, um, you know, having a, uh, you know, a livable wage and stuff as well. So being able to charge like higher ticket really means, you know, solving a big enough problem for someone that's willing to pay that, that price. So, you know, it depends on what way you want to take it. So for me, I always focused a lot more, um, more on performance-based rehab. So my, my big thing of what I did is I said, I help, um, uh, I help athletes who've had issues, who have had chronic issues that have limited them from lifting for the past six months. And they've seen two or more therapists. So I know that they've, you know, invested their time and their money trying to solve these problems. And it's something that they're passionate about that they can't do because of athletic, um, you know, purposes. They want to run, they want to play basketball, tennis, whatever it is. Um, so I really identified that population and I had the skill sets to be able to focus on that. So, um, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of massive conditioning or body fat loss. I took my whole business a completely different way. So you don't necessarily have to, um, you know, do all of the crazy postural uh, corrections and all that type of stuff. You, you can really pick um, a specific segment and help people with that. Um, and then what you do, and, and this is one thing that's really overlooked, but you know, million dollar worth millions of dollars there is you build a network of people around you who do the things that you either don't like doing or, or they're more skilled at doing than you are. So if you're not good at doing the, you know, the postural assessments and balancing people out and they've got injuries, then surround yourself with someone who can, who can do that because they're going to get clients that need body fat conditioning. And if you're a champion at that, it's an easy way to set up joint ventures and partnerships. But the industry is very much about, uh, um, you know, ego and all that type of stuff. So that's what creates these problems. And uh, the more that you can uh, use that to your advantage with leverage of, of those relationships, it's going to help you only catapult your business more, create more authority and a more preeminence. So, um, that's kind of th- to sort of follow up with that question. I think that that might um, give you a little bit more clarity if that makes sense. Sort of so what, off track of it. Yo, that's good. So what are you currently doing? What is your, you know, your business model and, you know, maybe some success stories or some of the people that you're currently helping? Um, because obviously I've got some big decisions to make in the next coming months uh, as I graduate and, and start to think about what I want to do. And, and I know having my own business is definitely in the forefront. Yeah. So um, primarily what I'm doing now is I'm working uh, with health practice owners on essentially 
installing systems to help them automate, scale, and grow their businesses so that they can either, you know, hire people and, and, and to focus on the continuing education and growing their business, or they can, they can at least put themselves into a position where they're uh, charging higher premium rates and working less with have, having to worry about burnout and, and so on like that. Um, in my kind of, that's kind of the coaching aspect in the actual clinics and gyms, um, that the model that we really utilized was a, um, combining therapy and training together. So what we did was there's a lot of information about doing boot camps and high intensity intervals and losing fat with what you, you alluded to before is a lot of these people might have injuries. They've got hormonal imbalances and all these other things that really don't lead them to getting any better. So what we did was we more or less take a, uh, an individualized approach based on um, biomechanics, like how well they move, their um, nutrient-based levels. So we call it biochemical, nutrient-based uh, nutrition, uh, and so on, and then lifestyle-based factors. So how well do they sleep? What is their stress levels like? And so on. So we do that intake, and what we do is we give them a prescription of exercise, uh, nutrition, and lifestyle based on those parameters. So we're doing something that was completely unique. Um, then, you know, where you, you'd go do like a cycling class or you go do yoga or, or whatnot. We were doing something that was very comprehensive. So we charged a premium rate for it. Um, we had uh, very specific types of population. Generally, there were 40 plus who were active, um, you know, upper level management executives and uh, different professionals and so on. And we've had different success stories that were less driven about, hey, I lost 30 pounds and more driven about, you know, I lost, you know, I lost 15 pounds, but I, I don't have pain in my knee anymore and I can go back to running. And I have more energy to go come home and play with my kids after a long day. And I feel like, you know, my doctor's telling me my blood pressure is better and I don't need medication anymore. So sometimes those are the, the, the positioning and, and the stories that can actually, um, you know, drive your business and you can build a solid business around that, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we just took an entirely different approach based on what most people were doing of the work harder and sweat more kind of thing. Kind of combining a bunch of things. I know like, uh, like they've got the uh, Evolve, I think is a gym br um, brand out there that combines, um, you know, working out with physiotherapy. They do chiropractic. They, they kind of throw everything in one facility that, um, uh, allows clients to kind of go in there and get the best of everything. Yeah. Um, I know you talk about uh, a little bit about like building campaigns and things like that. Where would I start to kind of, you know, get out there right now? I'm, you know, I'm on social media. I have online clients um, that I've had to grind extremely hard. I've heard the word no 6,000 times and I've heard it. Yes. Five, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I'm understanding that, it takes work and it takes effort to kind of get there. And I hear the word campaign and I, and I, I don't even know where to start. Like, you, you know, I'm in a position where maybe I'm, I always think I'm doing too much or I'm, I'm doing too much and nothing and not focusing, you know, on, on specific things. Where would, where should I go with kind of that, that part of it, like building a campaign and kind of launching yeah. something? Well, the big, the, the real big thing, like, um, you know, with no, just remember this, um, is no, doesn't mean, um, no, it just like forever. It just means no right now. So, you know, one thing, you know, in terms of campaigns, I guess like the way to kind of answer your question is I look at campaigns as, um, uh, things set up like automate, ideally systems and automations that are set up to achieve a specific goal. So a campaign, if you've spoke to a thousand people, a ca one campaign could just be like one thing that we run is a reactivation campaign. So every four to six weeks, we'd send them a message. So someone that you did a consult with and they told you no, you know, last month, send them a message this month and say, you, you know, um, hey, are you still interested in losing fat, gaining muscle and getting a better endurance for 2020? And they could tell you no again. I've had people tell me no for like six, seven months. And next thing you know, they hit a point where they go to their doctor or they blow their knee out or they can't keep up with their kids or they, you know, get kicked off the hockey team, intramurals or whatever it is. And they hit a point in their life where they're like, I got to make a change. If you're the one who's constantly following up with them through a, a quote, a follow-up campaign, um, they're, they're, you're going to be the one that's top of mind. 
So it's really, really important, you know, for you to kind of start, since you put a lot of work in doing outreach and meeting these people, is, is really focus on, you know, doing a campaign to, to nurture those people and follow up with them. And, and I think that the biggest thing that you can really do from a campaign standpoint is, is, um, is and I guess it's like, um, from a campaign standpoint, but also like your overall objective is to building, is building and nurturing relationships. So you want to have, um, think of it less of like a tactic where I got to get these people in and get them signed up saying like, you know, how can I best help these people, um, and give them value so that when they are ready, I'm going to be the one that they come to. So I'll share with you, like after this, a bit of the process that I use, um, in order to, you know, help, uh, health practitioners really, you know, navigate the path of, of getting campaigns set up and, you know, identifying the right people and, and whatnot. But the, the big thing is really providing value and, and making sure that you're the one who's speaking to the problems that they have, um, if that makes sense. Now, is, is I know the fitness industry the, is so flooded with every, any, any person who's got sub 10% body fat, it seems to be taking photos and starting these online fitness programs. Um, and they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. I think, you know, they're selling these cookie cutter diet plans and exercise programs for 10 bucks. They're, you know, constantly funneling, you know, you got click funnels and Facebook ads and dumping every dollar into it. And it's really hard to compete. Should I, should I continue putting a lot of effort into the social media game or should I kind of work within my own ecosystem here a little bit more? Well, I think you can do it both. So, I mean, um, you can create content. So, you know, the, generally the typical route goes, if you've got a, a website, um, you know, you create a blog post and then you syndicate that blog post across different platforms. So your social media and so on. Um, but the real big thing is, is going to be identifying a, I say there's, there's three questions that you really got to answer. And this is, this is really important one to write down. It's, um, who do you, um, what, sorry, uh, what problem do you solve both your skilled and are passionate at dealing with? And who can you best solve that problem for that values that problem in the highest regard? And then third, what is the value associated to solving that problem? So a lot of people will say, Hey, I'm sub 10% body fat, you know, get in shape like me. That's not really super specific. But if I say, you know, I can help you lose weight because you have diabetes and your doctor says you need to lose weight to not, you know, suffer the repercussions of having diabetes and I can help you in this journey. And I specialize in helping people with their nutrition plans. I develop a network of people, doctors and dietitians and, and so on in my network. And all of a sudden I say, you know, if you have diabetes, I can help you get into the gym, uh, get you uh, guidance on your nutrition based program with your dietitian and whatever. And we so together, we can have a holistic based program that's going to help you lose body fat, um, have more energy, decrease your symptoms of diabetes and uh, keep them off so you can live longer life and enjoy your kids and so on. Like that's a way more powerful message. And people, in my opinion, are probably going to be more uh, willing to pay a premium based rate to move away from those fears of, you know, losing a limb or those fears of dying early, not being able to see their grandson uh, grow up. So, you know, when you're able to really niche down and get the right messaging and, and you're able to build some uh, preeminence by building your network and creating information um, that's targeted for solving a specific problem, people will start to, um, you'll build that audience and people will start to know you for that. I'm not saying, you know, copy that one exactly, but yeah. I'm just giving you context to, to give you more details about how you can actually completely differentiate yourself. Cause if people are looking at someone who's 10% and if they've got these problems, that person's not going to resonate as much as you, um, right. who, who have had that, if that makes sense. So I could go into the, and I, and I kind of do this already, but go into the, you know, oh, I, you know, I was overweight. I'm a father, you know, I could target dads that, are looking to improve their quality or relationship with their children. 
that would be something more. It could be something huge like that. Like I bet you there's like a ton of single fathers over 40 who have kids who are in their teens and they might not be able to keep up with them. Yeah. And, and they don't want to be like the dad on the sidelines and whatnot. I don't know enough about like, I haven't researched it, but like you can start researching it. And if you live that, that demographic is even easier because you understand and probably even have friends or colleagues who, who understand the, the trials and, and tribulations that you might have and the problems. So you start speaking to the problems that and frustrations that you have. Um, and you start creating messaging to say, you know, fathers over 40 who are single fathers, who've got teenage sons and you want to improve your relationship and your energy's low and your back hurts and whatever, this is the plan that I use to um, help get you back on track. You know, you know, single fit and over 40 or something like that. I'm just making it up, but does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that totally does. It's, uh, you know, developing that niche thing. And I think there's a mindset thing that I have to overcome or maybe some people have to overcome um, where, you know, I get so passionate about it that I, I feel when I niche like that or I, or I target a specific thing that, oh, I'm missing the rest of the world. And that's really a hard thing to, to overcome mentally because, you know, I genuinely want to help these people. And I, and I always say, if you could, you know, and I'm talking to, and maybe this is part of it is I'm talking to the old Mike. And I used to say, you know, if I, if I were the old Mike, I'd pay $10,000 to, to get how I feel today. And that's the hardest thing is to try and get people to understand. I I've, I've had conversations with people who are that desperately need to get in shape and desperately need to wait late, like life threatening. And they always, and this is a common thing, and maybe you, we, we can kind of we're, we're probably going to be aligned on this when we when we talk about it. But money seems to be like the driver, and it's like, what's more important, like the BMW in the driveway or your own health? And it seems to always be the BMW in the driveway. How do we? How do people like start to understand the value of investing in themselves first and foremost? Like, how do we get past that? Maybe that's something we're both trying to figure out. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the big thing of what you say, it's uh, it's very common for people to, <clears throat> even when they're starting out or I've had pra- health practices or I've had a gym that I'm dealing with now that's been in business almost five years and they like, you know, will take anyone and everyone. And the big problem is, is they get this fear of missing out. Right. But what actually happens is when you take everyone and anyone and everyone, you end up making yourself a commodity. And the problem with being a commodity is that there's, you're the same as the guy across the road or down the street and so on. You know, I help people get fit and I can help you lose weight. Well, so does everyone else in the world. So what happens is you end up competing against more people and making it more difficult to get clients because you're not doing anything specifically different and you don't have messaging to be able to position yourself. Right. So I'd say it's the difference between prospecting and positioning. Prospecting is where you're going to run into problems. Well, I have no money. Yeah, but I know, but you got to lose weight, but you got a nice car. You know, you're, you're, you're having to always try to sell them on it as opposed to positioning is positioning to get yourself in front of people who have a big enough problem that are willing, that are looking to solve the problem right now. And they need to solve that problem and they'll invest in it. So that's really where identifying who your ideal person is and creating the right messaging and the right offers and so on is so important because now all of a sudden you're only dealing with people who are ready to go. So you're not dealing with a lot of people who are tire kickers. And, and I also teach a conversion system that really, um, you know, how do you market uh, properly to get the right people in and, and how do you kind of triage them in order to see if they're the right fit. So that way you're not doing a thousand consultations. Um, you know, with people who are kind of all over the place, you're doing a consultation with only people who are serious about solving the problem in which you're charging a higher, higher premium for, they're going to get better results. They're going to give you better testimonials, bring you referrals and so on. Um, so I think a lot of, a lot of the, the money objection comes from attracting the right people um, and having your right messaging, attracting the right people, as well as being able to triage them to see how serious they are um, at that point. Because I, I've had tons of people before too who are just like, you know, dude, you're gonna die, like, you know, or people. I've literally had people who've had heart attacks, 
And like the doctor's like, you got to lose weight. You're going to have another heart attack. If you do it again, you know, there's a 50% chance of dying. And people are just like, well, you know, I don't really want to spend any money. And it's unfathomable to me. The reality is, is that that person is just not at the stage yet. So, right. you know, I, I always focused on, you know, giving them the information. I followed up with them on a follow-up based campaign. Um, and, uh, you know, I started to get better at attracting the right people through messaging um, and understanding the audience as well as um, filtering them with the conversion um, process or your sales process, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And definitely some insight for me moving forward with, with where I want to go. Um, I'll, I'll kind of throw this at you here. What are five things that anybody starting in the bit in the, the fitness medical continuum, healthcare continuum, I should say, um, starting their own business should do for sure. Like those are the, like the five foundational necessary things that, that are not negotiable <laughs> for when they're just starting out kind of thing. Yeah. Like getting going. Yeah. The, the first thing is, um, you've got, you know, a, I would, I would say identify what problem you solve, who you solve it for and what the value of that problem is. Um, so find the people that you're most passionate and skilled with dealing with that are able to pay you money to be able to solve that problem. Um, that's one. Number two, you've got to get in front of those people. So that might mean, uh, and be sorry, actively getting in front of those people. So when I say that people are like, well, you know, I put up posts and I do Instagram lives and shit. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I understand that, but are you actively going out and getting in front of people who are already working with those clients who might be a junk services? So if you're dealing with someone who wants to lose weight, is there a nutritionist in your area who focuses on nutrition, but they don't teach exercise? Is there a way for you to get in front of the, like collaboratively get in front of them and start utilizing those, those um, clients? Um, because if they're training, and they're doing the nutrition program, they're only going to get even better. So is there a way right. to, to start building partnerships and leveraging other people who already have clients who are the same clients that are your type of clients and, and get working with those people right away. So utilizing, establishing those partnerships and actively getting in front of those people. Um, I would say another, another one kind of as the side note, um, is don't compare yourself to other people because when you start going on Instagram and looking at, Oh, this guy's got 500,000 followers and this person's doing $10 million a year. The, the reality is, is that you guys are in different stages of business. So someone, you know, there's, there's people who do what I do for health coaching and, pro and making millions of dollars, you know, millions of dollars a month. And I don't, I, you can't look at that in the same path because you're doing something that's different. You're, you know, this guy's been doing it for 40 years or whatever it is. So don't compare yourself to other people because it's the quickest way to get yourself derailed in your own mindset. Um, number four would be continuously improve. Focusing on, you know, if you picked a specific niche, um, I say it's our, you know, it's our fundamental obligation to ensure that our clients win at all costs. So I will get the best result for the client and patient at all costs. I'll go, I'll spend my whole weekend and a thousand bucks to go to a course to try to learn how to get this person's need to function better. I'll go contact the best doctors I can find on the internet, set up a time to call them or whatever so I can get insight. So continuously focusing on getting the best results for your clients through continuing education. You know, you don't necessarily always have to go out and do courses, but there's times I picked up the phone and called orthopedic surgeons I remember one time there's a back institute in Tampa and I called the doctor. Uh, I got a phone call with one of the doctors eventually it took a couple of weeks, but um, you know, I gave, he gave me insight. I said, what do you think about these exercises? Um, what do you think about this? What do you guys include? He sent me a, a physio based program that they utilized. Um, so I was always trying to be resourceful in getting the best results possible for clients. And then kind of as your, you know, I guess you could put this as 4.5 or five is invest in the softer skills. So the business aspect, the, how to communicate more effectively, how to sell, um, and not sleazy based sales, but how do I provide value? How do I nurture relationships? How do I communicate in a way to get clients to be compliant? Because that's a really big thing that I hear like time and time again, well, my clients didn't eat well, they didn't do this. Well, I look at that as you failed to be able to communicate it. 
you fail to be able to communicate. So you've got to, you know, look at this and say, how can I improve? And, and, you know, kind of put me on the spot for those five things, but I think that those are the ones that are really going to help, you know, you and, and whoever stand out the most and the people I found that are the most successful do those things throughout their entire career. So they're still, you know, I've been in the industry for like 13 years and I'll still call people on, uh, you know, how do you do this? Or what do you think about this? Or, um, you know, even in the business industry, like I reach out to, um, uh, real estate agents, uh, you know, you, you name it architects. And I ask them like the top people, how do they, how do you do this? So that I can learn how to better, um, incorporate, uh, you know, my strategies for, you know, getting better results for our clients and like in the business realm and so on. Um, and, and make sure that they get the best results possible and win. Cause that's my, my ultimate responsibility. Just remember this, that your clients don't need you. You need the clients. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That way it will completely change your mindset. Totally. So you're kind of the, and also with that, like your, your network is your net worth type thing. So the people it's that you huge. surround yourself with is, is massive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I ventured into a, you know, I've done the mastermind thing in the past. I did a, a, a three month stint with uh, Dr. Chris Spearman. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, but not often. Um, and that was kind of interesting, but that's more developing the online coaching stuff through, through social media and the grind and, and the, the head pounding off the wall that that takes and the amount of time that it takes and something that I'm, super poor at maybe you can give me some insight on this is scheduling my time when I was working 10 hours a day I had more time than I do now that I'm literally have the ability to kind of minus school have the ability to kind of do things the way I want to do them but yet I I seem to not have enough time what's what's a couple good strategies to kind of get on a, a schedule or or just kind of better utilize my time <laughs> yeah i think well that one's that one's probably one you could add to the list of the questions you just <laughs> is, is, is really optimizing your time um so what i really do is i break down um i, I kind of look at it from a a uh, macro level into a micro so um i take a quadrant like four quadrants and what i do is you know i just draw four and i'll say three-year goal what do i want in three years and I don't overthink it. I just sort of say, what do I want in my business? How many hours do I want to work? How many clients do I want to have? Do I want to have staff? Do I want to own a gym? Um, like I just kind of go through, what do I want as a general overview in three years? Then I go to one year. Okay, well, what needs to happen in the next year in order for me to be closer towards those goals? Then I look at, okay, well, in the next 90 days, what needs to happen to get closer to that year goal? And then I break it down again and say, this week, what are the two to three most important things that I can do this week to make sure I'm on track for the goal of um, getting X completed in 90 days? So weekly, I always sit back and kind of reflect and say, what are the two or three major things I need to do this week? So when you're just starting out, that might be, I need to generate 10 consultations and sell three clients. Those might be the two, three, two, two things you got to do. And then, you know, the third thing might be, uh, you know, do my programs or whatever it is. Um, so what happens is, is when you start to get distracted, you can just look, am I on track for those goals? And, um, you know, be relentless in that path to be able to say, listen, if I, if it's Wednesday and I only got two consults out of the 10, you know, I got to hustle. So like, what am I doing wrong? What am I going to do? How am I going to focus on this? You know, I'm, I'm putting all my energy and focus on just solving that specific problem at that time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I know with, with kind of where I'm at right now, I've still, I'm still pushing six to seven hours a day of school. So I think I need to finish that part of it and not put the cart before the horse, I guess. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's your objective right now, but your objective in, I don't know when you're graduating, but like, you know, uh, if you're graduating in May or whatever, the next three months for you might just be to get through school and, and write exams. Yeah. And really, and that's the biggest mindset block that I always have. And, and anybody listening, you know, I've personal trainers, anybody else that listens to this podcast, I try and do school, the business, the podcast, like I try and take on as much as I can. And I try and 
generate business while I'm doing the schooling thing. And I think it's, it, you know, I've got to really put things in perspective and line up the priorities and get those things set first and foremost. Um, I kind of want to, I always ask this question as we kind of get near the end or close to the end of doing the episode, something very important to me. And I, I know I, I, the biggest reason why I love doing this podcast is obviously meeting and, and learning from others. I love having guests on, um, you know, there's a lot of insight that comes with it. The, the feedback I get from the audience is generally good, or I get things that come from it. But I always want to know, and I don't use the word happiness. I've kind of switched that because I think everything we do should, should drive us to be the happiest person we can be. But what drives you? Like what centers you? What creates your life balance and center? And, and really, I'm going to say it, like makes you happy. Like what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that it's, you know, there's kind of like your business and personal side and, um, and, it, and it changes over time. So like for me right now, the biggest thing um, that makes me happy is, is knowing that I can have an impact on the industry and be able to help people who've been struggling, um, be able to get their business under control so that they can focus on helping those clients or patients uh, get results. Because ultimately, you know, if I can help someone, you know, kind of clean up their business and they get more clients and they're in a better position, they're going to be able to be more efficient. They're going to be able to make a larger impact. So, you know, making the impact for me um, and creating a bit of a legacy, I think is, is a huge thing that, that really makes me, um, you know, look back and be happy. I, lo I love to see when my clients, you know, someone who goes from struggling, um, you, you know, to, to being fully booked or they're, they're able to take vacations and they haven't been able to do it in three years or they have more ability to leave at a specific time without having to worry about if their business is going to fall apart with them. You know, those things are what really makes me happy. And then from a personal standpoint, um, you know, a lot of it is like, I like to be able to travel. I like to be able to go to workshops and courses um, I like to be able to have leverage to be able to do the things that I want um, and create things that are going to make massive impacts um, for business owners or, or um, uh, like the clients or, or uh, patients and so on. So, you know, happiness for me is really, you know, not being stuck in a nine to five job where, you know, I'm not making an impact. I'm not enjoying what I'm able to do. I'm not able to travel and so on, if that kind of makes the most sense. Yeah, it makes 100%. And I, I definitely got a lot of insight out of this and um, definitely wonderful that you came on the show and provided myself and the audience with some insight in that. And I've got a lot of things to think about and I'm sure um, you and I are going to are gonna do this again at some point. Um, the floor is yours before we close this podcast out. Last thing to say to anybody listening to this, um, and then where we can find you and all that stuff. Sure. Brad, all yours, bud. Oh, good. <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it's really good. And I really like to be able to, you know, like I said, make an impact and help people. So if there's anyone, you know, regardless of what stage you're in, whether you're your startup or you're more established in, in that training or, or whatnot for your business, um, you know, really focusing on, uh, the, the big key points are really focusing on, you know, the, the niche, who, who are you solve or what problem are you solving? Who are you solving it for? And what's that associated value? Getting really narrowed in on that is going to help you and really focusing on building relationships and nurturing those relationships because often, you know, where someone's saying no right now doesn't mean they're not, they're saying no forever. They still have that problem. And the more you shift from focusing on putting out content or, doing busy work or doing consultations and so on. And then when you start to shift and think about how can I get the best result for this person, even if they're not my client, how can I give them, move them along one step further? If you're focusing on that relationship and you're putting in that time, that will pay you back a million times X. And it, you know, you might not get anything from it ever, but that person might refer you someone, they might come back in six months and you could change their life, uh, lives. So, really focus on those relationships and, and always think about building those, always nurture those relationships, get them the best you can. Um, in terms of following me, uh, I've got uh, bradcody.com where there's a blog on there. You can read lots of different articles from uh, marketing, hiring, attraction, all the stuff we talked about today. Um, I've also got a uh, health practice uh, 
Growth Strategies group on Facebook. Um, and then what I'll do for you guys is I'll just send you uh, the link over so that whoever wants to go through a bit of the uh, module one training on how to find your ideal client. Um, it's, it's called perfect patient snapshot, but it's the same concept. Um, you I'll put that link for you guys to fill in the information there. And then if anyone ever wants to schedule a call or whatnot, just um, feel free to follow the instructions. Perfect. Appreciate it, Brad. Yeah. Any, again, for the audience out there, um, you can find, I'm going to put all the information in the show notes. So Brad's going to send me every funnel he has that leads him right to you. And uh, it'll give anybody who listens to this show an opportunity to go into that. Um, really thank you for your time, Brad. This was fantastic. This is great insight for me. It's completely changed some of the things that uh, I've definitely been struggling with and uh, cannot wait to put some of that stuff to work. So with that being said, Brad, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and uh, we'll chat at you later. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, dude. Yo, thanks everybody for tuning into the show. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode with Mr. Brad Cote. Very informative, a pile of value. And if you're interested in um, Brad, Brad services, learning more from Brad, please go down into the show notes, click on the links that I've provided. And yes, definitely go and, and seek his advice on improving you and your life. If you're looking for uh, some online coaching, maybe you just have a question about moving the needle forward in the right direction, you can also get a hold of me in the show notes. I will provide my social media link um, as well as my client questionnaire um, for getting started. You can also hit up the Facebook page with other members, like-minded people who are trying to improve their lives and become the best version of themselves. And last but not least, I am on Patreon. You can go there, donate, help for the show, and then in return I give you a little something-something. Everything from Patreon goes to help and support the podcast in itself. So I'm so grateful, so thankful that I can bring you guys these amazing guests some informative information, and you guys are the number one reason why I continue to do this. So let's keep this going strong. This was episode number 30, and you guys will see you, yes, you guessed it, on the next one.